Hi, I'm Hedgeye's founder, Keith McCullough. Thanks for listening to this real conversation. If you like what you hear, you will love our investing research. We bring transparency, accountability, and actionable investing ideas to investors big and small. I'll put our investing process and team up against anyone in the world. Please visit Hedgeye.com to subscribe and learn a better way to invest. Hi, I'm Keith McCullough, and welcome back. This is the ninth out of nine. So nine in a row. For those of you that have done nine in a row and done them live, thank you uh, for putting up with me. Thank, thank, thank you for that, because that takes a lot. Uh, I understand that. But uh, I brought in the, col- the, the closer. You know? Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> that's you. Let's close it. Let's I do this. I couldn't believe the schedule when I, when I was like, no. It's CPI day that DDB is going to be the closer? Yep. Like, we didn't plan it that way. Sure. We plan- <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's something called an economic calendar that comes out in November the prior year, and it tells you when all the data is coming out. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I just, uh, there's no one better to have one as the closer on what I think is the biggest macro tourist day of the year, mm-hmm. uh, which we can talk about. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I want to give you the biggest shout out that I can for those of you that were not at Hedge Eye Live, because I don't think we broadcasted it live, but if you were at Hedge Eye Live, you were there live, where uh, Danielle basically shocked me and many of you when she said, I think it was in May, wasn't it? Yes, and it's, and by the way, uh, full disclosure, it's hard to shock you, but okay. <laughs> well, you're like, okay, so, so she says, so Jay grew a pair. And, she's, and then she went off and she just said, look, I think he's going to be way more hawkish mm-hmm. than you or anyone who wants to talk about this thinks, and it's going to go on and on and on. So I got to say, I mean, you're the first one to say it. Uh, many institutional investors that I know say, hey, who's that girl again who said that? And now they know who you are, obviously, but... That was that was very early, and uh, you, you deserve obviously all the credit in the world for that. That's 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 what makes you the closer. And Look, now I mean, everybody wants to know if it's going to be like from here. Is is it is oh, everyone needs to know about the pivot? They don't want to know about that. They don't want. They everyone don't want wants to know about the pivot. I mean, I just I, I flew in last night from Geneva, so I'm in a room with all these big family offices, chief investment officers, Singapore, all over Asia, Korea, all over Europe. And the one question was, when's the Powell pivot coming? <laughs> and I'm like, you're running billions of dollars, people. Is this really how you're predicating your investment thesis? Is this how you're positioned? Everybody's like, I'm like, well, don't look. I had to sit and explain to them that, that shelter inflation moves through the, the CPI slowly. So even though house prices are coming down in the United States quickly now, yeah. he's got this stickiness problem that's going to haunt him. Well, is it haunt him or is it... Or unless he wants it. No, does he want it? I think, um, and my my premise back in May, and everything was predicated on on Powell's being renominated but not confirmed. Mm -hmm. So they kept him hanging in the wind, swinging in the wind. Here comes the cartoonist. He's going to make a picture of Powell swinging in the wind. Everything was predicated on his not being confirmed by Mm, the Senate. Right. So he had no effective power. So you're inside the Eccles building. Your army occupies this building, but they don't know who the general is. They don't. Is it Lael Brainerd, mm-hmm. who advocates for monetary policy addressing climate change and central bank digital currency so that you can basically do a leverage buyout of the, of the Fed and mm-hmm. make the Fed a permanent conduit of fiscal policy and make sure that the inflation that that ignited never goes away? Woohoo! we can be a third world country. So. <laughs> Is, is it going to be General Brainerd or is it going to be General Powell? Well, I mean, she had a lot more street cred with the academics because she is an academic. Mm-hmm. This guy's a lawyer. All he did was work out the whole Solomon Treasury scandal with Warren Buffett. What did he know? All he did was found the industrials group at a private equity firm. What the hell did he know? He didn't have a PhD in economics. So let's put him up on a stage in Jackson Hole and have him roll out this average inflation targeting bullshit and say that we're going to let inflation run really hot. And then why don't we remove the banks from the transmission mechanism of, of delivering monetary policy? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just have the Fed print the money directly and give it to the people, direct deposit, into their checking accounts? Let's, let, and let's, let's have that go against this average inflation targeting backdrop. So inflation goes past three, four. This is great. Average them together. We're winning. Mm-hmm. Or the horse is out of the barn. Mm. and really hard to get back into the barn. Mm-hmm. And yet you have your entire staff saying, based on our model, sir, 
we believe this is going to be transitory. We can't exactly define transitory, but we suspect it's going to be measured in months, not years. And we think that no matter what, we should stand together and stick with this transitory call. He's still wiping that egg off his face. Right. And then there's a leadership crisis. The Biden administration's like, A or B, or A or B. And that's never happened. They've never been indecisive. Yeah. So, but, but while that's happening, all of your ranks inside the Eccles building, yeah. they don't know who the, who the general is. Mm -hmm. So they don't know who they're taking commands from in the future. And the lieutenants were leaving the ship. Right? Oh. They're all leaving because they were trading on the inside. You had Kashkari <laughs> everywhere. You had Evans saying one thing, Daly saying another thing. There's Jim Bullard off like, woo, off on the spectrum. <laughs> talking to people who are like, that guy's an idiot. Is he, what, what is he taking? And as it turns out, right when we spoke, right after he got confirmed with 80 votes in the Senate, right which cleaves to the Federal Reserve Act of 1913. These are apolitical appointments. They should never be confirmed on party lines, mm -hmm. ever. They should always have a majority vote in the Senate, at least 66. So Powell gets his 80 when they finally confirm him in May. And we have one sitting governor, Kamala Harris had to break the vote, 51, mm -hmm. and two, Lael Brainerd, 52 votes. Crazy. These are. These are pure political appointees. I'm not making, they're lovely people, I'm sure. And they're brilliant. I'm positive. Because they're all, they're in these cute little economic journals. And they've had their papers published. So they have to be brilliant. Mm -hmm. But they were confirmed on party lines. Mm -hmm. And I think that Powell's done with the politics. I think he's finished with it. I think really? he, he was carrying around Volcker's book for a while. People forget that before there was full mutiny on the Federal Reserve Board, Wayne Angel changed his vote. So he didn't have literally a unanimous vote against him staying the course in fighting inflation. That, 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 that Powell had death threats. But before all of this, he was the president of the New York Fed. Can you imagine a president of the New York Fed telling Wall Street that it didn't, I, I don't care what happens to the markets, it's not my job. My job is to look out for the long-term health of the U.S. economy. Ever, wow. since, ever since Volcker's predecessor came in and said, it's a stock market. Yes, maestro, it is. Well, we're going to make monetary policy based on how investors think we should make monetary policy. And it hadn't changed until Powell was put swinging in the wind. But has it, has it changed? Because so many people... Well, let me think now. Let's see now. This is the third fastest, third fastest since 1980 tightening cycle. Yeah, so, so it that part changed. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, it, the numbers part changed. His staying power, like, I mean, at, at every turn, anyone who's doubted him has been wrong. Like, so is he just going to stay with that, fight inflation for the people, ignore the market? Look, in October 2012, he was concerned about quantitative easing, inflating a duration bubble across the credit spectrum. Right. Those are his words. Um, he was worried about how difficult it would be to extricate the Fed from a big balance sheet. Mm-hmm. So he's worried. He understands the dynamics. He gets it. Mm -hmm. I'm not defending what he did in the aftermath of the pandemic that appears to have bailed out all of his PE crony buddies. And, not, his own, and his own PA. I, I'm not, I'm not, def well, okay, if anybody thinks that he did insider trading, those are the biggest morons on, sorry, <laughs> those are the biggest morons on my, on my Twitter feed. They're like, Powell's just in it for insider trading. And I'm like, well, according to the sales, he was down 31%, so maybe he should avoid, he should being, avoid. <laughs> going into investments when he retires right. because your clients would not appreciate it if you, we've only lost a third, we're fine. Now, Clarida, there were others Those who made guys. a pot ton of money, but Powell lost a ton of his own money. Yeah. He was not, there was no insider trading when it came to Powell, mm -hmm. but the perception's there. Yeah. But he's not that good of Guilty an by association. He's just Guilty not that association. good. Guilty by association. But no, but you, I mean... To have transitory, to have that egg all over your face, to say, I don't want to be the next Arthur Burns, to have your hero and role model be Paul Volcker, who didn't give a shit about Wall Street. That's how he's behaving right now. And maybe he doesn't even believe in the zero bound. And if you go back and look at those 2012-2013 FOMC transcripts, when he was just a young pup on the Federal Reserve Board and a very quiet, circumspect governor who didn't give splashy speeches, like Neil Kashgari. No. If you go back and read what he said back then, he was like, this zero-bound stuff is going to create some bad things. Mm -hmm. So maybe he's trying to get to five so that he only has to go back to two. Mm -hmm. You ever think of that? 
I haven't thought of anything that you tell me. I mean, generally speaking, it's I wouldn't know. The, and but what people want, like again, quite literally, when I'm when I'm getting chirped by my own clients, getting called names and da 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 da, that means that one, we're right. This market's going lower. It doesn't have to go lower every day. It doesn't have to go lower today. But it also means that there there's this almost existential threat in the asset management community right now that if, if, if he doesn't, if he does what you say he's going to keep doing and he doesn't do what they need him to do, they don't exist. Levered long investing doesn't exist. Running a hedge fund with 300% gross, 80% net long leverage, running a high yield levered long fund doesn't work, running fixed income money basically the way that it's been run you know, since, since Volcker doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Look, securitization has never been tested. Every single time you've had securitization tested, the Fed has come in and bailed it out. Right now, balance sheet's an issue, a big issue. That's why asset-backed securities are getting pulled at pricing. Mm -hmm. That's why commercial mortgage-backed security prices are ugly. Mm -hmm. And if you break securitization, you're gonna take the triple Bs down, it's just three and a half trillion, don't worry, but you're gonna take triple Bs down with you. Mm -hmm. You're also going to put the job of of credit worthiness, of determining who's credit worthy back in the hands of the banks by letting a market that has basically raped America go away. Mm. Now, it's a huge chunk of jobs on Wall Street. Everybody loves securitization. The more levered, the better. In it to win it. I mm -hmm. get it. If he continues down this QT path that he is on, all the crazy people have gone really quiet on my Twitter feed. Because they're like, oh my God, did you see H4 after the close on Thursday? The balance sheet's actually shrinking. Well, it's happening. Mm -hmm. and, if and, you, and just barely for the first time it's happening, right? If you do the math, okay, Treasury inflation protected securities gain in value. When, in, when, when, when inflation goes up, yep. so the Fed's gargantuan tips holding, yep. it's grown in value. So they're like, oh my God, they're in QE. And I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's an accretive investment. They're making money on it because they're not fighting inflation. Mm -hmm. So I apologize. But mm -hmm. in the background, if you net out what they have earned on their tips, they're directly on schedule, exactly where they said they were going to be. They're at the juncture where they're going to have to decide whether or not to sell mortgage-backed securities. I say they're not going to do it. But Powell said at his June press conference, if we come down to it and quantitative tightening is not proceeding as, we, as planned, $95 billion a month, then we'll shift more focus away from these slow prepays because Americans aren't paying off their 2.5% mortgages if a 30-year fixed is 7%. So we'll shift away from mortgage backs and we'll put more into letting treasuries run off. Mm -hmm. So, so it's, it's basically all playing out the way that he said he was going to play it out. And he doesn't want to talk about it, if you hadn't noticed. What? QT. Why not? Because he told you, the first time he told you, he was parroting Janet Yellen, and he decided that, that was not a good idea. Right. You should only have to learn that lesson once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the second time, he didn't say, it's going to be like watching paint dry. I'm, I'm mm. not going to quote Yellen. But he did say something that is nuanced but different. It's happening in the background. Don't ask me about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's happening in the background. And then you wake up one morning and you're like, the pound broke. It's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. Sri Lanka's gone. It's happening in the background. What did you not hear about me not wanting to talk about quantitative tightening? $750 billion run rate globally with what central banks are doing right now. Globally, every month. It's like Fight Club. It is, and that's why you're seeing things start to break because whether it's a British pension, and everything that they're doing is predicated on leverage or a U.S. public pension. They've got securities that they've put up for collateral. Mm -hmm. What happens with them? What happens when they have to mark their private equity holdings to market? Oh, boy. That's coming in actually this quarter. Yes, it is. And the hedge fund redemptions, we have it on pretty good, you know, good sources that $200 billion in hedge fund redemptions coming in the fourth quarter. That's if, a gargantuan number. If you're Joe Q, I need to match my assets to my liabilities, and the two years it got a four handle, you're like, we're going to be doing some rotating here at, at the pension. 
we're going to be reducing our risk profile because we can actually get paper with a diff with a decent yield. Right. So let's so just to unpack like okay, all these people fi financial incentives existential threat is for him to pivot. He's not going to pivot. Instead, you're going to sit on this plan and rotate, which will again annihilate people that thought that that's going to be the future of mm -hmm. investing. And even if If you succeed, if nothing systemic happens. Well, what, what, what would he define as systemic? S&P's down 25%. That's he, not that's systemic. That's not systemic. Uh, high yield spreads 530 over, that's not systemic. That's not even remarkable. Uh, would he consider uh, UK pen, run on pension fund in the US systemic? Apparently not. No. Right. No, he wouldn't. Um, if you woke up one day and uh, full credit to my buddy, Ralph, and, and he kind of put this in front of me. Ralph it, who? I can't say. Okay. Um, damn, right? I can't tell you who told me the $200 billion either. Let's call him Ralph. Okay. Oh. Ralphie boy. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Christmas is coming, don't you know? It's all <laughs> in the stores right now. They're sitting on this little thing called a lot of inventory. Whoopsie. Um, if you wake up one day and craziest case scenario out there, uh, we're no longer taking redemptions for, for dollar sign HYG. Have a nice day. Really? Well, okay. there are redemptions going on in the background, mm -hmm. LQD, HYG, fund outflows. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get fund inflows. On a day like today, we're probably getting massive fund. Actually, today's curious because HYG is flat as a pancake and the markets are up big. Well, that happens, that happens all the time. Yes, what happens in equities now is it's all the bear shit that bounces. So all the Goldman bear yep. shit baskets, Bitcoin baskets, high short interest baskets. Bitcoin's down. Yeah, no, that's the most. And HYG's flat today. That's the most interesting thing today. And Let yet me, all, and it, all, all Powell needs is the S&P to be up. Oh, I got license to go kill some more. Yeah, he does. So you do, this is what all of our institutional clients need to hear and yours you've told. But it's, you don't, if you keep asking for the same thing, he's going to keep doing the same thing because anytime the market actually feels like they're seeing the thing you want, it gives him more runway to do more of That's what right. he's doing, right? Okay. That means that they're going to, that means they're not going to retire his license. He's going to keep his license to kill alive. Now, the he's like 007. The, so in, in Thunder Bay, Ontario, there's hunt, hunting season. In, Te, in Tejas, mm -hmm. I know that the same thing. Unless you're hunting, I think those those pigs, you can kind of sh shoot and kill as many as you want all the time. Feral pigs are terrible. Yeah, you can get now. That you can get in a helicopter. They destroy and shit. my mother's <laughs> garden. Yeah, they they're do. terrible. But but, but whitetail whitetail is there's big whitetail down there's there. There's a season, moose hunting season. I'm thinking, this this is we're in a window of time. Let's just say that he just goes to February, where you could have or you already have capital market destruction. Mm -hmm. But from now until February, if that is indeed the last hike, like that's a long way from Kansas and I'm not Toto. I mean, that it's thing- It's a dog year. Right, but, but you're saying that no matter what happens, unless it's what you just partly defined as- Systemic. Systemic, then that's gonna keep Because happening. remember, you're, you, instantaneous redemption is feasible as long as something that you have in the corporate bond index can be sold. But what if you wake up one day and the redemptions are continuing, but all you've got left in that index is trading by appointment only, and you can't sell it? <laughs> well, so how do you satisfy a redemption? Well, you can't actually, if you do it, like a, a lot of our clients will say this, so if you're trading, if you're a fixed income client only, you obviously know this, but you know, if you, it's called market access, right? So if you go in, uh, right now, say you go and it's 1:30. You're going to put X amount of um, you're going to put X amount of bonds on the offer. You're not. Nobody's going to bid that. You put a bid multiple points below the market. Those bids are going to get hit. Mm -hmm. So there is liquidity. It's just not at the price that the market thinks that is right. non-systemic. And that's why I think that the biggest red herring out there, the stupidest thing you can do as an investor right now is just follow spreads. Mm -hmm. you, you need to follow what the yields are on ABS. You need to follow what the yep. yields are on CMBS. You need to follow the parts of the market that are most uh, beholden to having, having infinite amounts of leverage in order to exist. Quite literally, infinite. Yes, but that are being 
deprived because it's going on in the background mm -hmm. and he didn't want to talk about it. Yep. And you know, you've got foreign central banks parking money at the Fed. You have QT being magnified in the background. You've got money market funds who are like doing huggy bear with the 3.05%. <laughs> so they're keeping this reverse repo full because they're like, why would I buy a bill when I can just sit here overnight in world's most risk-free asset? And so you, Powell's watching the reserves get depleted much more rapidly than it was told. He was told it was gonna happen by the New York Markets Desk. Mm -hmm. Well, the New York, does so where's your ample liquidities regime? Blah, blah, blah. Why are we talking about this again? Because the RRP's got two and a half trillion dollars in it. What have you heard from, like the New York market desk is a function of New York, guys running a lot of money in New York, obviously the investment banks. I w I've never been more underwhelmed than doing a meeting. I know that that's probably not something that you're gonna say because you actually have access to the Fed and- I don't, you think I have access to the Fed? You get, you, yes you do, compared to me. I mean like, I'm never gonna, like- I'm I have not, access, I have good access to former Fed insiders, let's put it that way. Well that's a lot more than I do. I mean, my access to the Fed is um, a bunch of buses and Mack trucks that former um, hedge fund managers are driving that they wanna drive me over with. You know, that's about the only thing that I have access to. They don't, but what I was gonna say was I've never been so underwhelmed with the um, just awareness of how markets work. Like that's the New York markets desk. Well, like, but, but it's very, very extremely talented when there's blood in the streets. Yeah, well then. Then, then they go on a hiring binge and they hire people who actually understand. Then you what get experience in the crisis, like Cash and Carry did, or whatever his Cash Carry's name is. He's had like ten jobs. In yeah, not so much, but yes. You know, but they, they um. Bad example, because he didn't quite learn. Anyways. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't learn a lot. He's never really done a lot. Um, but. But he and, does know how to run for office. Yeah, that's the point, right? He um. Who goes to Minnesota from California? Anyways. Oh, oh. He um. Anyway, let's not talk about him. So so back. So, so we get into the shit, the real shit. Let's say high-yield OAS spreads are 700 over. CDS today, by the way, which is obviously important to watch. Sock gens took off. UBSs took off. All this stuff is taken off. It's not just Credit Suisse. You know, that's, so, uh, so Goldman actually CDS. Look at JP Morgan okay, CDS. So I have a slightly different perspective after spending some time in Europe for the past 48 hours. And that is, if the... If the Bank of England's going to really set this deadline, then the same way we used to follow individual bank credit default swaps, mm -hmm. now we follow developed market credit default yeah, yeah, swaps. Yeah, exactly. It's like, there goes England. <laughs> the presumption is Europe is next. Yeah. The euro is next. They really don't have the right structure, though, right? Because there's no Bank of England to buy up gilts. This is, these are Italian treasuries. These are German boons. Very good point. So it's it, it's a little trickier with every domino that falls, and Which you see bank of you see the Bank of Japan and the Ministry of Finance are obviously at odds with one another, yeah. but they're like, we can't let this thing go. Jesus Christ, look at our debt to GDP. We can't let this thing go. Well, at least they're in it together forever. I mean, today the, you saw the Chancellor of the Exchequer is saying that's on Bailey's hands. Like, oh yeah, that that's new. That's the first time ever. Like we're. Do you think it's kind of like the Biden administration saying that, that, that Powell should get serious about fighting inflation and then coming back and saying he's going to break the world? Make up your mind. Oh, my God. Which so is it? It's interesting that you say that because Steiner, you know, Josh Steiner, who's on, on my team, he's um, he, he like on our call, the call in the morning, he, he always goes through our dashboard, what's moving from five-year CDS sovereign to mm -hmm. this morning he was given the update on SockChain and UBS. But it's all one dashboard now. Like you said, it's like he, ke he keeps saying, these are sovereign CDS. <laughs> like, they are. Like <laughs> because when you, think of, when you think of the fact that the big U.S. banks delevered, and they did get rid of a lot of their bad loans, big ones, mid-sized U.S. banks, they got a lot of commercial real estate exposure, different story. We do not like small and mid-sized banks. Anyways, but when you think about the fact that they never really did have to clean house, then great big... European banks are the sovereign. Yes. If you look at an aggregate index, which we follow every day, if you look at an aggregate index of sovereign developed market, sovereign CDS, it's just yep. an average of everything. It's like, whoo. Yeah. And it's telling you that the same way when I was inside the Fed, 
I'd be like, uh, Mr. Fisher, excuse me, I know it's 3 a.m., sir. He was never awake anyway. And I'm like, but it looks like, it looks like if Merrill goes, then it, it, it looks like, you know, and then Morgan Stanley, and then maybe even Goldman Sachs. But you were watching, this, the, the CDS looked like, they looked like stair steps. Yep. And every day that there was more risk in the system, all the prices would creep up. So how the, like we haven't talked about linking this to the, you're, you're, you're steadfast on what Powell's going to do. The look, but if something systemic happens, again, I'm not trying to give myself full disclaimer, but you do not let the global financial system implode. Yeah, I mean, well, the, the, the history of that happening means that it implodes and you, you do something. So for me, as a short seller, if, if the bull case is that you wait for systemic, I already got paid on systemic. We're not at systemic. But it doesn't look like Credit Suisse was it, and it doesn't no. look like Bank of England was it either. No, it's all of it. It's all of it. It's all the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, whether you're uh, levering yourself up 30 to 1 in your PA, buying some Lunacoin and t putting a tattoo on your arm, or you're, you know, you're, you're long CLOs at the Wazoo and you're the one, uh, or you're the banker from Credit Suisse who left there two years ago that, that gave yeah. you that to your pension and now that banker's gone because they all left. And it, Apollo and Goldman are buying the paper today. It's crazy. I mean, CLOs in and of themselves. I mean, these things are all organized as LLCs. They're like literally shit in a toilet. I mean, that stuff is... I'm really unpopular when I say, if you want to know what's riskier than a junk bond, look to the leveraged loan market. They're, no, 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 they're safer. I'm like, okay. No, the, the leverage, like the whole point, like mm -hmm. the everything bubble is all about leverage. Mm -hmm. It's all about leverage. It's not the dot-bomb bubble. The dot-bomb bubble, you actually had to pay X amount of dollars per stock and pay a commission on the stock. Yep. Crypto was, I, I sell you a coin, Shiba Inu, for two cent, and 50 cent it could be if he likes it. You know? Like that's like that sound like an Asian gentleman I was speaking to at a cocktail party a few nights ago in Geneva. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the everything bubble was all about leverage. It is, and what we don't appreciate when we're sitting here studying other markets from afar, as if they're not going to affect us, is that the difference between 2008, 2009, and where we are now is the European, the, the European lending system is no longer enclosed inside of the banking system. Yes, okay. You have capital markets. You have commercial mortgage-backed securities in Europe. They're doing very badly. Mm -hmm. um, but you have, you've had private equity infiltrate these countries, and they've never been tested. Mm -hmm. But they've been using the guidelines of, well, this is the amount of leverage that we should use based on what they use in the United States of America, mm -hmm. which has this thing called reserve currency status in the U.S. Treasury. Don't pile that much leverage on. People are like, why is the euro a parody? And I'm like, well. Well, that too, it's, it's like, um, guys, can you pop up slide, uh, I think it's slide 48 in the macro deck where just, I want to get Danielle's thoughts on this through the lens of the dollar because it's already exploding through the lens of the dollar. But if you go back to, can you see that over mm -hmm. there? Over, yeah. So we have, you know, the, the mother of all breakup. This to me looks like it could be like a 1979, 1980. If it is Volcker, by the way, if it's just if you just went with that, let's just use that. Like if it's if he really is Volcker, then first move is not the final move. It's the beginning of the finishing move, which is back then. Of course, you had a bunch of disparate, you know, European country currencies and foreign currencies. Yep. So this time you only have one currency for all of them. Like I mean. Mm -hmm. That thing, can, that, that's, that's quite literally a picture of the bomb. If you just like say, okay, today's 1980, it's, you know, on a, just from a currency perspective. Yep. Is that like, um, if the ECB were to flinch first and not be like Volcker, yep. that would make that happen faster, mm -hmm. just like the BOE just kind of did. What do you think about that's why, that? That's why the dollar got weak when the day that the, Euro, uh, the, day that the ECB pushed through, an unusually large rate hike, and, right, and, for a day. and the euro weakened for a day. That yeah. was that was the only big buying opportunity we've had in like two months. Yep. Yep. So, what do you think? Um, you know, just everything that you said, and Daniel Lakaya was talking about this too. Mm -hmm. Like people always say, okay, well, think like a Fed head. That must be what the ECB is going to do. It's like no, that's not. It's not what the ECB is going to mm -mm. do. What what do you think that there is like existential risk to that institution? Uh, how 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 do you think? And and to the euro itself. I think Europeans do, and, and it matters what they think more than what we think. Okay. And you know, there is this long-running animosity between the people of Italy and the Germans who have taken advantage of the Euro to the benefit of their industrial mm -hmm. sector, and it's slaughtered Italy's industrial sector. Right. Those memories 
don't die. Mm -hmm. They don't. So if there's really anything existential, because Germany is putting so much fiscal debt onto itself right now, it's looking after its own house, mm -hmm. which we're not used to for a really long time. We're always used to saying, oh, Germany's got the tightest austerity measures, blah, blah, blah. But they also have Italy to think about, and Italy knows that. Well, Italy goes right and Germany goes left. So you have that. There are a lot of, there's so many dynamics to this. There are. But if you're looking at the differential between, between boomed rates and Italian yep. sovereign rates, that puppy's just been. Oh, boy. It's just, it's showing you the stress that you're describing. But, you know, if, if you're in Italy, you have to sit back and say, wait a minute. If we're going to go at it on our own, how's that going to look? Mm -hmm. Because well, I, our debt to GDP ratio is through the friggin' roof. Yeah, and we're not going to wake up tomorrow morning and start printing lira. Yeah, Lakai's point was just that, that last point, which is, you know, all the people that are running whatever uh, in any of these countries remember what it's like to have like a Latin American currency. So they're not, not going to be signing up for that well, anytime soon. Um, developed market currencies are behaving like emerging market currencies. Now they are, yeah, but there's only one for Europe. So really, from my perspective, like measuring and mapping, it gets a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I measure and map every single signal of every single rate down the Sri Lankan rupee because you called it out. And you can see it one by one. Yep. And then all of a sudden, the big one, the BOE, and, and, and the, well, well, actually, no, the, the pound had been imploding prior to that. It True. Just, you know, so, so, so now we're like in the main part of the show. Where the yen's already showed you the path, if you go dovish, your ECB, you know, yen today is at what a twenty-five year low against the dollar. Mm -hmm. I mean, these, this currency is young, right? Its lower lows have been not like when you violate lower lows, you crash faster. You do, and what kind of a world would we live in if I mean we're we're witnessing the implosion of the yen, but. Does that mean that we all believe that it's no longer a safe haven currency? Because <laughs> there's a difference between those two. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to watch a market trade. It's another thing to say, there goes the safe haven currency. Yeah. And look at what the Swiss National Bank is doing, because I was just there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they're like, how's that apple holding, holding up? Because <laughs> um, they invested so much in this. And, th and they've been the primary sellers of the FANG stocks. Yeah. The Swiss. I believe it. But we've only really got three safe haven currencies on planet Earth. Yen, Swiss, dollar. Oh, not Bitcoin? <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I, I get, I, people are going to freak if I don't start looking at their questions, by the way, because... Um, we've only been talking for five minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, let, let's just finish on one, one other question on your, on your trip or otherwise. Like, what is, what's the question that you get the most pushback on? to your answer? Uh, that Powell's going to pivot. People say he's going to pivot. Yes. You're, and not, you're, you're wrong, Danielle. I hear you. Good call. He's, now they got to pivot. I think he is endeavoring to, to be the architect of a controlled demolition of the leveraged bond market, whether it's securitized assets or leveraged loans or private middle market debt, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's going to cry if those go away one by one by one by one by one, as long as nothing systemic is unleashed. And nobody believes that. You know, well, you know who would like to, I, I, if, I, if I was him, I'd like to believe that. And I believe you, and I believe the market, so I, all three of us could potentially believe this. But we don't, no, nothing big has gone wrong yet. Not just the big move on the short side has been great. You know, it's like, you know, for me, it's good. For you, it's good. You're yeah. right. But another guy, DeSantis, might want this to happen. Um, huh? let's, let's just say... We do have an election coming up, don't we? No, you, but if a Republican is steadfast on... Because you could, you could position this as I am... I am very well aware of Fight Club. We just don't discuss Fight Club. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about this. But what I'm really trying to do is get America back on the right you know, conservative line, lack of leverage, YOLO trading... You know, and then that becomes the message, you know, of the... Of, well, of, if, of you, the if you break the back of the Fed put, then you begin to resolve the inequality divide in this country that the Fed helped create. And you begin to let the American dream come back to being alive. You begin to d dissipate this, this 
urge to go into civil war. Right. Because you, you, it's not the haves and the have-nots. If you break the Fed put, you go back to capitalism being capitalistic. You go back to banks doing lending. And you as a Fed, because you have to go hat in hand to Congress, just like Lacey Hunt said. There was a big old chart this week. Look, the Fed's got a loss. Well, no kidding. Look at how much they're paying on interest on excess reserves. Yeah. But now they have to go hat in hand to Congress. So that to me, like that's, and by the way, uh, in that environment, it would be uh, the equivalent of the 1980s, where the dollar, that chart, came, didn't come out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I mean, a strong dollar, strong America. You had an average GDP growth rate between 1983 and 89 of north of 4% real. Mm -hmm. um, it was a different economy. It was a different economy. And there was, there was unionization at mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, I, it's not that I'm not empathetic with, with the millennials who, who want their work entitlement. Uh, it's that I think the, the, the feasibility with 18 straight months of negative real wage gains oh. suggests that you're not going to have a wage price spiral going into a recession when all of these companies are, are laying people off, but they're laying people off in a different manner than we're used to. Mm -hmm. Recessions, layoff cycles always begin at the bottom of the income ladder. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. No, it's at the top, yeah. And they're all getting paid severance. People are like, why are jobless claims so low? And I'm like, if you're getting a severance package, you're not employing for unemployment, you're not applying for unemployment insurance. It is, is interesting because like even, even the people And they're that all one-time charges for earnings. Of course. I mean, on the high end, it's a way to cover your ass. So like, Corporates should say, okay, look, I can reduce my cost structure, all my high-paying employees, I can just, and stop hiring the incremental ones. What we had to pay for, and again, no offense to anyone in Hedgeye, we love you. I mean, what we paid incrementally for engineers and data scientists at the very top of yep. the market cycle was right. much more than you'd pay a Wall Street analyst to, mm -hmm. to, to bang out. Sure. Supply and demand. It's, it's, a, it's a real interesting thing. And then on the low end, like my brother's McDonald's franchisee, he's, a, he's like, I'm not firing anybody who comes to work not on opioids. Like, I mean, like, exactly. like these are people, like, it's, yeah. I need to keep these people. Absolutely. You know, so you're, um, it's a very different thing than what captain, hedge fund manager, levered long, lone guy, you know, it's that community that keeps barking at us. It's like, it, it, it struck me days ago when Walmart's like, we're only hiring 40,000. And Amazon's like, we're such a crappy employer. We're going to hire 100,000 just like we did last year because we know our attrition's at nosebleed levels. And, and if you look down in the press release, it said, by the way, we're freezing the 10,000 job openings that we have. Yep. But nobody, so don't read the fine print. No, that Amazon's was the, creating 100,000 jobs. It's a strong economy. And I'm like, no. That They've was already actually, fired more than 100,000 people in the current 2020, 2022 calendar. They've already let go of more than 100,000 people. Yes, that, that um, Amazon on the call on our morning research meeting, which people can listen in on, uh, you'd be perfect on that call. Because you don't, you, you don't take the pablum like the street does these headline or macro tourist headlines. You actually read it and go down and put it in the model or think it through. And Amazon over the years has been one of the best companies in American history of investing in a down cycle. Yeah. Even they are saying, I'm shit scared of doing that right now because my P&L is going to yeah. go upside down. And by the way, the market's not paying me to be profitless right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was one of the, that morning, I You're was like, holy quietly, shit. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, if you've got industrial real estate, I mean, actually own the stuff, sell it. Mm. Get rid of it. Because it's not just Amazon. You read about you read about Walmart closing an, an, an Atlanta facility, firing 1,400 people. They closed an entire warehouse. Bye. And, and they're just following Amazon's lead. So this Amazon's like, our footprint's too big, so we're quietly going to make it smaller. But we're going to say we're hiring 100,000 people for the holiday season. Everything's great. If I, was, if I was a politician, if I was DeSantis, there is a clear path, which is a fire-breathing path, that you could have maybe the next season of Game of Thrones on, but Wall Street version. Yeah. That I can tell you why that's good for America and your kids, but not for you. Oh yeah. Like that's, <laughs> this is inspiring me a little bit because I've struggled a little bit with clients because they're, some of them are really pissed off at me, but they keep paying me, so I'm okay. But there's a point of piss off factor where they'll just stop paying you. Sure. And, and, and there are two points, actually two points. They get pissed off because they don't like my tone or they don't like my market call because it's not gonna help them, or they stop paying us because they blow up and go away. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing that second one a lot. I mean, you can't lose 30 to 50% mm -mm. in a year and then nope. come back and say your only call, the only way you make money is when the fucking Fed pivots. But, but to your point, predict it, as of this morning, was 
probability that the GOP takes the House. Is that what it was? It, unpredicted. Okay. But it's, it's high. That's very high. The, high, yeah. the House is high. Yeah. Uh, the Senate was like 53 to 50, you know, barely. That, the, the Senate is definitely neck and neck. But let's just hy hypothetically say that we get gridlock. I mean, you say Game of Thrones, and if Jay Powell is like, I'm, I'm it, I don't want to talk about it, it's happening in the background. And, and the Democrats don't have the ability to legislate. I mean, we could be sitting here next time we sit down talking about debt ceilings. Yep. U.S. Treasury defaults. I mean, you want to oh. blaze a trail? If, if you're Ron DeSantis, you back all this stuff up. Like, go for it. Country's on the wrong path. Yeah, I have this pet in my model called NASVOL, NASDAQ volatility, mm -hmm. flying at 39 today. Fire-breathing VIX, like that would be the VIX at 39. Have you seen the move? <laughs> yes, I've showed, showed 160 you. yesterday. Yeah, no. It's the highest since the financial crisis. If you query any... That means that there's a credit event sitting out there. If you, if you query any... Like, I, the two pools of people that are buying stocks today are the FOMO, you know, the retail FOMO investor that has no idea what the move index is. They'd fail that test. Probably 98% of people that buy meme stocks won't, won't even know what the move is, never yep. mind where it is. Uh, I'd say long-short equity managers, they definitely don't look at that. Mm -mm. I mean, it's, it's like, it's the tail wagging your dog. I mean, good, good. This 25% downdraft in stocks has not been touched by a credit event. And it was 2008, in 2018, it was credit that started the show. Yeah. And credit has not been touched yet. It's but the move index is telling you that something, I mean, I pulled up BCY just a few minutes ago, bankruptcy, bankruptcy tracker. As of Friday, this, this data came out two days ago, as of Friday, we've got $247 billion of distressed debt. In other words, trading at 1,000 basis points or more over comparably mature treasuries. Yep. The highest since November 2020. I'm like, hello, McFly. We, something's happening. And the markets are, the move index and the level of distressed debt, they're trying to talk to you. They're trying to get past what credit spreads are not telling you. Mm -hmm. No, it's an amazing thing if you just actually have the ability to see it all as opposed to pick what you want to see. Um, all right, here's a, a first question here. If you have questions for Danielle, obviously pop them in the queue and they'll get voted up or down. You guys can do a little bit more work in here, uh, but I guess you're probably riveted by the conversation. You know, uh, Danielle, to what extent uh, will the Fed, or even can the Fed, move the yield curve back to positive by running off or even dumping more long-term treasuries during QT? Thanks. David. So, uh, again, dumping I don't think is going to happen. There are, they've already got enough trouble on their hands with the operating losses that they've got. Because, again, any time the Fed has an operating loss, they have to go present to Congress and say, bail me out. Because anything that increases the deficit by law has to be justified and voted on by Congress. On what, on what period of time that you run a, a loss? Like, it, it doesn't matter. They're as gonna, soon as it's at a loss, you have to report yourself? It, it, they, they remit to Treasury on a quarterly basis. Okay. And they've, so it's, it's coming quickly. With Republicans running the House, <laughs> the time that happens. Okay, so there's that. That's the whole point. So Debt there's ceiling, that. Yeah. There's all of that. Mm. So, I mean, I, 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 I think it's more likely that Treasury is going to come in and buy off-the-run, longer-dated Treasuries that are so illiquid and so problematic right now. I think the Treasury could come in and take those out of the market and just retire them. I, I think that that would be an easier route than the Fed tinkering with its QT strategy. Mm -hmm. Do you think that would be perceived as QE? Not, maybe by Elizabeth Warren, but probably not by the investment community that knows that these off-the-run, dusty, long-dated treasuries are problematic. Well, you're not talking about like 30-year USTs, you're talking about like... 20-year. 20? Especially, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, <laughs> there's a couple questions about Powell growing a pair. Yes, she still believes that. Uh, I can answer that one for you quickly. Um, They're bigger today because <laughs> the market's up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Uh, no, my mom is definitely not watching this. You know. like, what's that hedge I think I'm like, nothing, Mom. Nothing. <laughs> not a damn thing. Nothing. What's that? What's that? Southern Baptist. I mean, no, uh-uh. No, no. Uh, Brian, uh, question from Brian. Uh, Daniel, when you say it's happening in the background, 
it sounds like you're saying the U.S. dollar will continue to go higher. Is this is that is, is that part of my takeaway accurate? The headline CPI data gives Powell the green light to push through another unusually large rate hike six days before the U.S. election. It just does. Now, are there academics inside the Fed who are saying, but sir, but sir, wait. The three-month moving average of inflation topped out at 11% months ago. Mm -hmm. It came in at two. So, and based on the fact that the three-month run rate versus the six-month run rate versus the year-over-year looks like a cascade, we're, we're getting there. It's obvious that we're getting there. The 12-month is telling the six-month, and the six-month is telling the three-month, and we're going to get there mm-hmm. because the housing inflation's already reversed itself. It's just going to take a while to be pulled back out of the CPI. Yeah. And Powell's like, what? I can't hear you. What? Did he you tell me that. transitory? He knows. Sorry. He's, he's hiding behind headline inflation. He's hiding behind the unemployment rate yeah. as licensed to do what he really wants to do, which is be Volcker. Yeah. There's just a lot more debt out there. So, But everyone from even Jeremy Siegel, who I didn't even know had a, much of a pulse left, and no, Jeremy Siegel to... I don't, to think Ver- they did, I don't think they even did a commercial break. They're like, let's just keep this thing going. Yeah. But, I mean, we're talking... Uh, Barry Sterling, like he is, like it just CNBC will bring him on all the time. Hey, can you tell the Fed to stop it? Like he's in commercial our... real estate. No, but it's it's crazy. Like, it's, a, it's a hard asset. I might say it's pro cyclical. I think they're both. You're going to get your too. ass handed to you. We can. Check I mean, it. we had Trep came out with data yesterday. We wrote about this in in, in the Quill. They had 1.1 billion dollars going to special servicing in the month of September. That means the, the the whole CNBS universe. Oh, okay. So there was a 1.1 billion uptick in special service. That, that means likelier than not to default. You better put it on your radar screen. 57% of that was mortgage paper. Holy shit. Uh, office. Sorry, office. I was going to say this mortgage. But 57% were office mortgages. Yeah, office mortgage. 30% was retail. Lodging? Default rate? Yeah, I mean, th- it's that's like what COVID, I mean. Like, it's like the COVID reopening didn't You have happen. a whole generation of investors, multiple generations, no, the entire baby boom generation. Is, is, well, is I, rate I, go down? I'm Rate go down, but I'm sorry. Very sternly get on forcing CNBC. Forcing the economy closed and reopening it didn't make bad paper good. Yeah. It just gave bad paper a lifeline. Yeah. It's all, it just gave it some time. Can you, I mean, if it really was like literally a full-blown or if it really is what you say it's, it is, which is the most important point, the high probability event in your, in your eyes and in the market's eyes currently, that you, it is most similar in political shifting from, you know, shifting from Jimmy Carter, Sleepy Joe, you know, Arthur Burns, Fed, to Volcker, Reagan. Very different. They like, are very different, but remember, Reagan blew that deficit up. Yeah, no, no, that too. There's that, there's that component to it. But, I mean, it, but you it, had to go from one to the other before Standing still, we're at a trillion dollars a year. Standing still. Right. But you, you, the, let's just get to the first part first. I but, mean, you had to blow But what you're talking about is a mindset. Yeah, that's what I you're mean. You're talking about shifting capital the mindset. Cost of capital is going up. Like, it's going to keep going up. Like me, you know, growing up. So you're going to have to have lending standards? You're not just going to securitize it? Yeah, that's a, it's, it's quite literally, like it, when, when Neil Howe talks about the fourth turning and his new book's going to come out, mm-hmm. um, he never knows, that, that, that's the humility of Neil Howe or anybody who knows what they're talking about. You don't know what the future's going to be. But you can put the railway tracks of conditional probabilities on. Sure. And you could say, okay, look, this is, the fourth turning could very well be that. Like if you were to just say the fourth turning oh, is you go from look, easy money to at, at, at pivot, Quill, pivot. At Quill, we think the greatest source of systemic risk in the United States is societal. We think that that's the greatest potential source of a serious market disruption is societal. Mm-hmm. It's not just people on the far right going to gun shows. There are people <laughs> on the far left no, right. also going to, there were soccer moms who were <coughs> packing them. This is not just Sandra Bullock and Blindside. There are, there are regular looking normal Democrats out there buying guns mm-hmm. because they're convinced that, that the truth is that the right is already armed up. But, but everybody's getting ready for armed conflict inside of America. That to me poses an economic risk to the system. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very real. If you have somebody come in 
if Ron DeSantis can swing just a little bit to the middle and speak for the 80% of Americans who don't have a voice, they're not AOC or Sanders or Warren, they're not Trump, they're not some toothless person in the Appalachians who <laughs> doesn't understand that he used to be a New York Democrat and signed socialism into law with the CARES Act. If you take out those two extremes, 80% of America doesn't have a voice. Right. If Ron DeSantis can, if, if grab Tulsi Gabbard while you're at it. She just left the Democratic Party. Put her on your ticket. Let, She's I mean, good. The Hawaiian? Yeah. Good looking, too. There you go. Even better. But if you can put a ticket together that brings together 80% of Americans, then you can, you can stop this, this growing risk of societal strife in America. That's That'd a great be brilliant. Point. That's a great but point. you would want an independent central bank right by your side. And you know, like that, that um, I'm trying to, in, a, in, the, in the Great Depression, it was called The Forgotten Man. Yeah. There's a great, uh, well-known book that's titled The Forgotten Man. But everywhere I go, and I'm sure if you go see your boys, like, you know, if you go to, they're at Culvert, right? They're at Culver Military Institute. Like, if you go anywhere other than on CNBC or mm-hmm. to this population of people from Barry Sternlich to whoever who's raising high hell because they're they're losing money uh, or just, they know that this is not good for how they used I'm gonna to go money. from five second homes to four no but it's just Bless like your heart. guys get over yourselves if I go anywhere else talk about toothless people I went to a strip joint once in West Virginia mm-hmm. where quite literally this is where we go to R-rated people there, there was literally like the husband of the husband of the performer uh-huh. was there with the wooden tooth <laughs> these <laughs> these people when you said wooden tooth that's the first, this was before I got married. You're like, honey, that's a this high is, cash flow a, business and we don't have to pay too many taxes on it. Yes, and coming up, it's like, it was like a... It's tucked into your, in, into your panties, honey. We don't have to, <laughs> we don't have to claim that to, to the goddamn IRS. We were actually at an old wall event. It's pre-marriage, Lori. I wasn't at some strip joint in West Virginia recently, but it was, uh, it was at a Wachovia. Uh, we were at like so some, scary. we were doing class six river rafting. I remember this. And this guy at a bank that no longer. But this with guy, us. Was, I, 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 I'll never forget that because as a Canadian, first of all, we don't have that because um, everybody's on pogey, right? Like, and you can get your your free teeth or whatever. It's I've never seen anything <laughs> like this. Like, if I go to hockey rinks, if I go to places like around, just around America, yeah. like you go anywhere other than what the bullshit you see on CNBC, there are so many people like that, right? Oh, These yeah. are the people, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, I could, I mean, uh, you're kind of like tapping into my, I don't my know. My favorite story, because it was Parents Weekend last week in, in Culver, so I went from Indiana to Geneva. Little bit of a different cultural shift, but I, I, was, I was in a golf cart with a dad, and he's talking about remote work and work from home. He's like, you know, I told my daughter, she's like, Dad, they, they tell me that I don't have to come to the office, but I kind of feel like I might should, and the father was like, go to the office, and she's like, Fast forward a month. Hmm. All of our friends who decided to stay full remote are fired. Really? And he's like, well, I just, you know, it's a good, good, good work ethic. I just told my daughter to, that if she has a job, she should go work where the job is. He, he's just a, just a flat out, just plain old hardworking American man. Mm-hmm. Worked hard, sending his kids to a military institute. It's not cheap. She was a graduate from there, and he was like, I get that they're giving you license, but maybe the bosses don't actually believe what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Because if you go outside of America, 66% of CEOs are like, get your ass back in the office. But here in America, you do the same, it's like only 30%. You know, we're we're going to have this hybrid work, we're, we're going to do it. And mm. quietly they're telling HR, we're cutting costs. Whoever you think should be first in line. And That's HR right. is like, I've never even, couldn't, couldn't pick this employee out of a lineup. But yet this gal's in the office every day. It's, um, so who keeps their job? I wrote this early look the other day. But, but if you're talking about a new America, the work ethic comes back too, Keith. That's my point. Well, the work ethic's there. You know? I understand that, but it's not there for a big chunk of the population. Right. It's got to be. That's got to be the principal orientation that you start with from a leadership perspective. Yes. That's like a different message. It's not. I was just going to say the early look I wrote the other day was 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 King Jamie's path. I called it, um, <laughs> and it's drawing from Ryan Holiday's book. I don't know if you've ever read "The Obstacle Is the Path" or mm-hmm. "The Obstacle Is the Way," which is you know more of a uh, I guess it's more... I, I knew Roger Enrico, who used to run PepsiCo when I was younger. And I, I did a Harvard case study, and then I met him subsequent to life. But his, his mantra was always, create a crisis. If you feel like your firm is stagnant, create a crisis, and then resolve it. And then you'll get the change agent that you don't recognize that you need. Right. It's, um, and, and, and that path is actually, the hard path is actually the, is the upside. Because if you can get through it, 
So if you put, like the, the old Zen story goes, if you put a rock in front of the city so the people can't get out, mm -hmm. and what'll happen is that all the soft and entitled people will go up to the rock and just like, fucking go back. Yeah. You know, go back and don't go back to work. And then eventually some enterprising person like sees a stick and like wedges the damn thing out of mm -hmm. the way. You know, it's like we're at we're at that point, yeah. like where you have to have, you know, but the path the path is the way. This is the the whole analog was, you want the pivot, you want the rock removed, yeah. But if you remove the rock, you just stay in that same fourth turning that we've always been in. Yep. But if you keep the bloody thing there, if you keep rate policy You've, there, you're forcing innovation, you're forcing efficiency. Right. And everybody behind the rock lives in California, and Gavin Newsom sends him a check. Yes. So. The path, too, can be, if you just stop raising rates like, you, like the market expects you to in February, just not cutting them keeps the rock there. Oh, yes, it does. It's not the terminal rate, I keep telling people. That has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. Exactly. It's happening so fast. It's his, and Lacey Hunt said it's impossible. And he started the Dallas Fed in 1969 because he's right, something will break, something will give mm -hmm. eventually. If you keep high rates at a steady state. Yep. It's just and, like water. I mean, and, I mean he's, he's managed to keep everybody but Lael Brainerd is in line. He's mm. only lost one of, his, uh, one of his sheep, which she would be the one. But everybody else he's kept <laughs> in line. She was never really a sheep. She was a, sheep, like she I, was a wolf in I, sheep's look, clothing. It appears that the day he got confirmed by the Senate, he hypnotized all the doves. Come sit here, Neil. Come sit here, Charlie. Come sit here, John. Come sit here, Maley. We're going to keep rates high. Yep. We're going to keep rates high. But because they're all still staying in line. You had three governors you'd never heard from last week come out and speak for the first time. He's got them in line. Yeah, she, but she was, she's like the movie Cars. We got a nodder. Like, she's just like, she, she, she wanted his job. She, she still want wants his job. his job. Yeah, but she only got 52 votes in the Senate. He got 80. If, if somebody could pull this off politically, this guarantees that you will not have Lyle Brainerd. You won't have the second coming of Janet Yellen. You won't have uh, central bank digital currency. Powell yep. recently said, it's going to take a few years. And I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. That's like, leave him on hold forever. Right. You won't have MMT. You won't have any of that bullshit. Mm -mm. But no, if, you no negative interest rates. if you remove Shit, the rock. No zero bound. If you remove the rock ahead of the presidential election, even Joe Biden could potentially get elected if the market goes to the moon again. Well, Weekend at Bernie's did have a sequel. <laughs> all right that i didn't know how the closer was going to end we've talked about strip joints mm, appalachians <laughs> we've talked about weekend sorry I, it's a beautiful part of the country <laughs> yes thank you I, I, I thank you for leaning on stereotypes i'm so weak and by the way you know what she slept didn't sleep three hours maybe no, came three from, hours came from geneva <laughs> yeah she had a coffee, which she generally doesn't do. Mm -mm. She got in the game and did it for all of you. So thank you very much for doing that. My pleasure. We appreciate it. Now you, now, part of the family. now you can maybe take a nap. Uh, and for those of you that still believe, you believe, you need to believe, that the Fed is going to do, go dovish and cut interest rates, <laughs> I think we just challenged you to uh, challenge your premise. So thank you very much. It's uh, the ninth in the row for me. I, I'm going to have to do something other than do another one of these, but I do appreciate uh, all of your attention. We're trying to get to the truth. We always, uh, or often and always, we won't get there, uh, but we're trying, and we can do that with a, a great community of followers like you. So thank you very much for your attention and for contributing on Twitter and elsewhere. You know, the truth is uh, easier to find when more people are showing it. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Real Conversations, brought to you by Hedgeye. Don't forget to check out Hedgeye.com to get more actionable investing insights from our team of more than 40 research analysts. And check us out on Twitter at our handle, at Hedgeye. This presentation is informational only. None of the information contained herein constitutes an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security or investment vehicle, nor does it constitute investment recommendation or legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice by Hedgeye or any of its employees, officers, agents, or guests. This information is presented without regard for individual investment preferences or risk parameters and is general, non-tailored, non-specific information. This content is based on information from sources believed to be reliable. 
Hedgehead is not responsible for errors, inaccuracies, or omissions of information. The opinions and conclusions contained in this report are those of the individual expressing those opinions and conclusions and are intended solely for the use of Hedgeye subscribers and the authorized recipients of the content. All investments entail a certain degree of risk and financial instrument prices can fluctuate based on several factors including those not considered in the preparation of the content. Consult your financial professional before investing. The information contained herein is protected by United States and foreign copyright laws and is intended solely for the use of its authorized recipient. Access must be provided directly by Hedgeye. Redistribution or republication is strictly prohibited. For more detail, please refer to the Terms of Service at hedgeye.com slash Terms of Service.